Between Malachi and John the Baptist, about 400 years. About 400 years worth of people waiting to hear from God. 400 years worth of God basically being silent. He was where he promised to be in the temples. He was in the places he promised to be amongst his people, but they hadn't heard his word. Remember, through all the prophets, as they would speak, they would speak God's word. They would let the people know who their God is, what he expected of them, what was going well, what wasn't going so well, and where they needed to be as God's people. And so the time of Malachi and his prophecies had ended, and 400 years passed. 400 years. Have you ever thought how long that is? near double the amount of time the United States has been around. Just about the amount of time that the uh, first European settlers actually hit North America in the 1600s. 400 years. About half the amount of time of one church that I saw in Ireland that was established in 998. That's amazing. That's a long time. 400 years, though, of silence. 400 years of not hearing God's word as he had spoken through the prophets before. And then in the midst of that silence, you get John the Baptist. Wild and crazy guy running around at the Jordan, walking between Jericho and the Jordan and Jerusalem on that road between the two towns, speaking God's word into people's lives. And you know what that word was? Repent. You're going the wrong way. Turn around. Stop your sinful life. It's not an easy word to hear. Not at all. When you haven't heard from God in such a long time, and then all of a sudden the first word you hear is, you're doing it wrong. Turn around. It's not an easy word at all. But see, I think John saw the world that was around him in a pretty clear way. He saw that sin was abounding. He saw that people were not focused upon God. He didn't hear the worship necessarily of those things praising God. And so God gave him a word to speak. Prepare the way of the Lord. Get the people ready. Let them know the Messiah is coming. Let them know the Messiah is on the way. Be loud, John. And so he was. A loud voice in the midst of it, calling people unto repentance, calling people unto baptism, and people would go down, whether it was to see who this loud voice was or see what was going on with them or what he had to say, and they would go down to see him at the Jordan, then they'd be drawn into these waters, and he would baptize them. But see, it was a baptism unto repentance. So as much as they heard John speak, as much as they heard God's word through his voice say, repent and be baptized, they really didn't hear a word of forgiveness yet. See, because that wasn't John's word to give. So even in the midst of that, they would walk away in a silence. Still not hearing God's grace and mercy for them. Still not hearing God's love for them. Just hearing that the Messiah was still to come, that they hadn't been going the right way. Now they got to go a different way. And the weight of all of that still resting upon the shoulders of these folks coming out of the water. 
I remember as a kid, one of my favorite things to do was to go underwater. Loved it. I loved it because things sounded different. Things sounded peaceful. They sounded just a different way than everything else, whether it was a bathtub and you'd lay your ears just under the water and you'd hear all the sounds change, or you'd go in a pool and go down as far as you could in a pool and hold breath as long as possible or get a snorkel if you had one. That worked out well too. And be able to sit in the water and just hear a different sound, a silence. See, in that baptism of John, as those people went into the water, they were still sinners in the midst of silence. Sinners in the midst of that water, wanting to hear God's word, wanting to hear forgiveness, wanting to hear all of that, yet it wasn't there. Silent waters where sinners sat, raised up again to walk their way and carry the load upon their shoulders, waiting to hear something different. And then Jesus walks on the scene. From Galilee to the Jordan to John. I love the the specificity, right? From the region of Galilee down to this river of the Jordan to one man with one purpose who walks straight down to John. And John says, ah, I can't baptize you, man. (laughs) That's not my job. I need to be baptized by you. You're the Messiah. You're the Lamb of God. You're the one that has come to take away the sins of the world. And you come to me? Jesus didn't need to be baptized. John saw it clearly. He knew all the people around needed that baptism of repentance, and he knew the man standing in front of him did not need that. So why do it? Because God had to speak in the midst of silence. Remember those silent waters where the sinners would be washed, those silent waters that the sinners were climbing into, those silent waters where those sinners would come out and still being wrapped in a life of repentance but not hearing forgiveness. Jesus climbs in to those silent waters for you to take your sin upon him, to relate to you, to bring identity to those waters where God can speak in the midst of those waters. And as you're underwater and things are silent, have you ever come up from that and then heard things differently? Because in that very moment, when Christ comes up out of the waters, God speaks in the midst of that silence. God speaks a word loud and thunderous. God speaks a word of identity, and he says, this right here is my son in whom I am well pleased. This guy right here. Holy Spirit comes down. Jesus walks away from those waters, giving those waters identity for you. It's later on in life, where another silent place needs God's presence as Jesus walks into a silent tomb. All right, laid in a silent tomb. He didn't walk into the silent tomb. As Jesus was laid in that silent tomb, a silent place where death reigns, and he laid there. But again, not to leave it silent to speak once again and to walk out of it and proclaim victory over death so that when he lives, you get to live also because you carry that same identity. 
As you are baptized into Christ, you're baptized into those waters of repentance, but given the identity of Christ, a child of God, forgiven, loved. And one day as you're laid in a tomb, you get to walk away with that same identity of a child of God, living and forgiven because of Christ. Because of Christ who identifies with you. Christ who walks into those waters to pull you out of them. Christ who walks into that tomb to pull you out of it. Christ who walks into these places and speaks a word that brings life and forgiveness so that you don't walk away from a baptism solely wondering what it means and how to live after that. But you walk away from a baptism knowing who you are, confident in your relationship with Christ, or confident with your relationship with God because of what Christ has done in the midst of it. Because he's the one that makes things right. He's the one that makes you a child of God. He's the one that holds you in faith. He's the one by his spirit who guides you each day so that it is a life lived by the power of God. Baptism, whether it's sprinkled or immersed or poured, is still taking those waters, those waters that John would wash people with and tell them to live differently, but it's taking those waters that Christ walked into as well and said, now with these waters, you get to carry my name, my identity. Because we're not baptized solely with John's baptism. We're baptized with God's baptism. As that water is placed on your forehead and you hear the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Trinity that was present there at Christ's baptism to call him the child of God, you then walk away from a baptism as a child of God, carrying that same identity as Christ does. And you can be confident of that, knowing that it happened, because it wasn't your work. It's God's work. God's work in the midst of that baptism to make you his. And so you walk away confident, knowing that your identity is wrapped up in Christ and that he has made you his, forgiven and living as a child of God. And in his name we pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love that you poured out over your son Christ at his baptism, and we thank you for showering us with that same love, that same grace and mercy. As you call us unto yourself by your spirit, as you wash us with forgiveness, and as you give us the righteousness that Christ has earned, we pray that you guide us each day by your spirit, that we would live as your children, thankful for all that you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.